Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. It's episode 411 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. 411. That's a hard to say number. Huh. But it's not a hard to listen to podcast. No. Far from it. In this episode, I chat to Roberto Bendinelli of Strabitano about the design and development of their puzzle driving game, Neodori Forever, which is published by Crescent Moon. This is a very interesting game and an interesting chat about an interesting game. So you're in for an absolutely interesting time. And not necessarily a bad thing, by the way. It can be a good thing. And this is a very good thing. This is an extraordinary game in that it talks, it sort of focuses on the act of driving. Yes, you are driving along the highway, but the speed isn't really controlled by you. You are more or less going with the flow of things, reacting to things that are occurring on the screen. Of course you are. It's a video game. But you're sort of driving through to get coins, to pick up things, to get more cars, different cars, which don't really change that much. But they do make things a little bit easier. I don't know. It's difficult to tell. All I know is it's a very unique take on arcade racing games because it feels more like a, a puzzle game, a puzzle dexterity game, than it does a driving game. It almost feels like it's a puzzle or dexterity game that happens to look like a driving game. I caught wind of it when I was just scrolling, doom scrolling on Twitter, as we do nowadays. Oh boy, do we. Anyway, you're scrolling through doom Twitter, and you know, and then, oh look, that's not a picture of a cat. It's a strange arcade driving game, looks like OutRun, but it's not. And it isn't. It really isn't. It's a very unique take on things. As I've already said once before, maybe I'm talking too much. I think I am. Shall we just listen to me from the recent past talk to to uh, Roberto about this extraordinary game that is Neodori Forever? Chris, please do take it away. Robert. Hey, hey. 
Who are you and what do you do? Uh, I'm a 23 years old uh, Italian game developer. I currently work as a front-end developer and I really like making games. You do? I, I, I do. We've had many Italians on the show, I'm happy to really? say. Yes, I know, that may shock you, but there is... A, 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 don't think it'd be patronising at all, but it's been, there's a lot of... The, the, uh, a very large Italian the video game development community, I'm happy to say. And, I'm uh, very happy to hear that. Yeah, it's just expanding, expanding. And, and I don't know why you've... Because normally it's just the usual suspects, right? It's the English... The French and the Germans. <laughs> yeah, we're the three nations that do the most video game development. But oh. uh, yeah, it's just in Europe. So there it is. But I'm happy to say that, yes, we've got Italians, Greeks, Spanish, you know, it's great. About time, if you ask me. But anyway, <laughs> how did you make you start making video games? Uh, so... I didn't really start by making video games. Well, of course, you, you start by maybe making mods and right, right. like making, starting to create something. And then what I, I found out is like video games for me is the most uh, complete uh, way I have to create something. Because if you create video games, at least as an indie developer, you have to make uh, textures, uh, models, music. Yeah, video editing, everything. You have to wear so many hats. And it's one of the things I love. And also one of the things like I really uh, sometimes it's a struggle, you know, because you have to do so just so many things. And for me, uh, the, thing, the thing that started it would probably be uh, Minecraft. <laughs> because, I mean, in the end, Minecraft is all about creating. And from Minecraft, I, you know, uh, I want, I created like mods and textures, but then what, what do you, the thing for me was like, I want to do something that's completely mine. And so I started like, uh, learning unity a little bit and I was never a good programmer. So I, I have to say I struggled a lot, uh, is the usual like brackies tutorials and, meddling into the forums and try to figure out what you're doing and and then slowly uh i made small projects and that they were really not what i wanted but there was something and then i built it up until i i made something that's decent enough for me to publish like new dory nice yeah i mean a lot of developers started start life making mods and just Building textures for another someone yeah. else's mod, or some and just like creating loads of assets, as you say, that that phrase it's awful, isn't it? Going, oh yeah, all of that stuff you just described—the art, the music, the the, the the writing, the script writing, everything—is in in quotes assets. It's absurd. Yeah. No, it's it's got to be another phrase to way you describe what all of that is, because yes. There's the game there, that all the mechanics and making sure the machine works in the end and all of its components and all the interactions occur. But there's then got to be all the other stuff to make it more palatable. Otherwise, it's just Pong. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch of facets. Yeah, it's just a bunch of... I mean, I think the best example... Well, not the best example. most classic examples is Braid. I remember seeing the uh, original version of Braid before they had all the art 
put into it. It looks nothing, nothing like the final. The game itself is exactly the same. But the yeah. actual things that was put in there, the, the placeholder stuff, was you were just a red blob. And it was just, it's all very, very, very exactly. basic. It wasn't very, um, but uh, like you are right. It's, it's one of those mediums where you it, it borrows or requires a whole bunch of other mediums as in music, exactly. art, uh, um, illustration, um, and storytelling, writing. Uh, all of those need to be squeezed into it. And, you know, it always makes me chuckle when you hear about musicians spending a year working on an album. And um, I don't, yeah. don't, don't take it away from them. Yes, I mean, it can be hard to make. But they were just making music. <laughs> 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 and it's like, and there's this, his video game developer goes, yeah, but that's just one very important, but just one, one thing I've got to put in. Um, and Neil Dory has a wonderful soundtrack. I mean, it's, I was playing it's it just just about, about 10 minutes before we started recording. I like to do that before I, and it's, it's in my head now. So I really? hum, yeah, it's there. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very glad. I'm very glad you liked it because uh, yeah. I, I composed it. So. Well done. No, it, and, uh, it's just, I'm one of those people, apparently this is, it's not everyone's got this skill. Well, one of those people, and I think maybe you do, but apparently people don't have this, that can um, recreate an entire song in their head without actually being, in, being played. You can just recall all yeah. of it and you replay it. I was doing it now, <laughs> and there's certain phrases and there's bars of the of the of what you've done, and there's this like really nice sort of um, counter uh, melodies you put in. So thanks for that because I like those. I, I <laughs> <should be> thinking, <laughs> no, no, people don't appreciate counter melodies; they're great long long as you use them sparingly, because if otherwise it becomes just a noise. Anyway, um, the point is, a lot of people can't do that, but for me, that's the really wonderful thing to do is to actually be able to recreate that kind of you know a sense of 1990s nonsense but <laughs> my point being is yeah uh, creating all those assets and new understanding or creating all that stuff that's a better word is yeah think, kind of kind of be understated yeah i i think that's one of the most uh difficult things is to like well one thing is create the assets but another thing is try to make them like communicate with each other, giving them a common like sense and putting them in a in a in a bigger picture. Yes. Because yes. one of the problems that I think most uh not most but some indie games and also modern games have is that you can see that most assets were maybe bought from somewhere else or maybe imported. And I'm I'm very proud to say that everything that's in Yodori has been done by my team and ourselves is just the, the, the textures, uh, the soundtrack, which is one of the first thing that people try to outsource, you know, hire a musician, hire something, some, someone else to do, do the things for them. And all texture and everything is all done by us. And I'm super proud of what we've accomplished with our limited. Of course, if I probably, if I had hired them a musician, maybe the soundtrack would have been 10 times better, but, I probably the game would have wouldn't have felt like mine, yeah, completely. No, that's fair. No, that's fair. No, no, and uh, I love the fact that some parts are really quiet. You know, this starts off and it's just like 
really, and you hear a beat going, hang on, something's going to kick in. All of a sudden, it's this explosion of sound. It's, it's really <laughs> clever. So, next question then, because we've talked around assets and stuff like that and making mods, and you are with Neodori, but um, as a creator of things, yes. which you are, what are your biggest influences, do you think? My biggest influences? Uh, I, I have so, so many influences. I mean, I'm, I'm driven by inspiration, so, mm. um, which is a good thing and also a bad thing because, yeah. for example, uh, Neodori, I'm sure it started just by me looking at maybe a, a picture uh, of maybe just like a normal picture of a Japanese um, road uh, because mm, I don't know if you've noticed, but Nyodori is basically inspired by like um, Japanese landscapes. Mm. Not 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 most of them because you can clearly tell some by the first level with the windmills that it's Dutch by the <laughs> desert. But but like the first game, because Nyodori went through many iterations. The first game was basically uh, like um, tracked a track based racing game. So we we actually had tracks. Uh, based in um, Tokyo and Japan countryside, and it all started with from a, from a picture. I just I just saw a picture, and I went, "Well, wouldn't it be cool if I had like a racing game uh, on this kind of sceneries that are, I really like, and maybe give it a little bit of uh, retro style with maybe this kind of pixel art filter." And I also I'm a huge fan of pixel art, so most of the games I make are just pixel art. I'm just well, this plus pixel art plus uh, 80s, 90s aesthetics and 90s music, and that's it. Then I try to work it up. And since I'm driven by inspiration, one of the big problems that I face uh, is that I don't know where I'm going. I just I just start from a point, and then I I, I just go with the flow and see where what it brings me. And sometimes I'm like, okay. Uh, I had some games that started as a, like a first person, and then I said, "Oh well, this may look better in third person." So I just branched it out, became third person, and then I said, "Oh, but maybe instead of being action based, it could be puzzle based." So I just branched again. Went so it's not really, really not good as like an organization wise because good games are are built from from the ground up, while while Nodari was something of <laughs> uh, that got created, got uh, built in the doing. You know, it's like we just um, how can I say it? Um, I started and I didn't know where I would be going. I just continued okay. programming. So for me, it sounds like you are inspired by the environment and things, and you see something, you see a picture. Yes. Others wouldn't take a second glance at it, but you go. That's that's unusual. That 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 that's triggering something in my brain. I can make something from that, and yeah. proceeded to do so. And then the other side is the actual mere act of creation itself. And that rather than you having a laid out storyboard of from beginning, middle, and end, you'll go well. Let's just start with the two or three slides of that storyboard, and let's see where that takes us. If it takes exactly. us no. If it takes us nowhere, that's fine. We can use what I did make onto something else, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> or, but sometimes you do get a middle, and that's really exciting, isn't it? 
when you get to the middle. It's not the end, everyone. No, it's the middle because that's the journey. And by the time you got to the middle, the end is kind of written itself. Yeah. So and so, yeah. I think once you reach that middle, and you definitely have done that near Neodora, otherwise you wouldn't be here talking about it. That must have been quite a magical moment. So I think being inspired by the it act is. of creation itself is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very, very. It was a very big moment for all of us. Mm. Uh, as I said, Neodora started from something totally different, like a track-based game where I actually raced around pre-modeled racetracks. Well, Neodori Forever, the addition of the Forever was like, it's an infinite runner, as yeah. the title suggests. And, but we, we wanted to give, it, give the impression uh, that it was still in a track. So we created these kind of chunks. Mm. And then uh, one, of, one of my friends, very... Um, Unity Master made Wizard made this kind of uh, shaders that uh, tilted the the world and gave you the impression that there is a, a curvature, but there actually is no curvature. The game is completely straight, and when there is a um, curvature, the car is pushed in the other yeah. direction yeah. to give the illusion that there is a curvature. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, this is magic to me. I, I <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talk. We're, we're definitely going to talk about that later on in the show. But uh, okay, okay, it is something I. It's not. It's a not direct question. There's, um, but you've certainly given us an idea about how that happened and stuff. But yeah. really, it's just like I said. You, you are definitely inspired by, yes, seemingly an innocent or uninteresting things. Yes, but really, just the act of creation. And that's brilliant. That that's great. That's great. I think, I think the music is also a big form of inspiration for me. Mm. Um, sometimes I listen to maybe a track and I imagine myself, or maybe I imagine just a situation related to that track. And also with Nodari, like uh, it, some of the aesthetics were born from music that I listen mm. and that. Like uh, Mitch Murder and other like uh, '80s uh, synthwave artists. When I listen to this kind of music, I imagine myself maybe in a Ferrari F40 just spinning around. And this this uh, visualization for me is it's so great that mm. uh, sometimes I think, oh well, let's try to make it a little bit real. And that's why things like this happen. Yeah. Next question. Then here we go. What video game developer do you admire most and why? Wow, this is... <laughs> it can uh, be more than one. I can't, you know, corner you completely. You can do more than one. I have to say I'm not an expert. No. Of, I, don't, I don't know many other game That's developers. I try, I try to, uh, to not look at other people's work because then I would feel I would unconsciously put other uh, other people's work in, in my games. And what's what's important for me is that the things I create are are originally are original for, for me. Mm. Then of course it's some there are so many games there uh, there oh, is yeah. oh, there is something that bound to exist that's similar to what I've made. But at least I can be sure that 
what I've created is, is truly mine. So I really don't follow other game developers. Of course, I, 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 I'm on Tumblr, Tumblr, and sometimes on Pinterest, and I see like screenshots of other games, um, but I'm not like I, I, I don't follow strictly game developers to see their work. Um, okay, I try to stay off the grid. <laughs> That's fair. Was there anyone you could think of that maybe a you know you could like say? Well, I guess Notch, <laughs> the creator okay. of the creator of Minecraft. He's, yeah, yeah, um, true, true. I mean, <clears throat> he sadly went off the rails a bit, but yeah, you did create something quite special. Yes, and you're right. Um, uh, and eventually, now it belongs to Microsoft, so it's really that, that what they do now and what they yeah, have been doing with it, and they're making a real, um, a real time strategy game from it now for, from Minecraft. So it's a uh, yeah, it's quite quite extraordinary what they're doing with it. But yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, see, <clears throat> he did uh, not did uh, lose his way a bit, and uh, but as a creator, we can't deny that he's a talented individual, and he did a good job with with Minecraft yeah. and. Uh, he he created something that he had no idea was going to be a a natural genre. The yeah, builder. exactly. But and and I think that's one of the great things about game develop development. Just, just you don't know where it's going to, where your your thing is going to go, what it's <clears> become. <throat> and I'm pretty sure that if if Notch wouldn't have, wouldn't have made Minecraft, that I would probably not be here right. making games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, yeah, uh, Minecraft was always about surviving. You're building, because I played it way back in the day, and it was always building so you don't die. That was it. That was what you. <laughs> and it was just. I know eventually the game became this much more of yeah. a building thing, and the whole survival thing was was shelved. But for me, it was always, oh god, here they come. I hope I hope that uh, gate actually holds up. Oh no, it didn't. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um but um no cool nicely done so last question then of the first half here we are um and i just want to know what are you playing right now um mostly i mean i'm not not playing much no, actually right. lately uh i have a job <laughs> uh i have a job i'm also a little bit of a freelancer I uh, do web design and like Nyodori is actually my hobbies. So I don't have much time to play anything else. Uh, sadly, I wish right. I wish I could play more. I I play the usuals, like sometimes I play uh, Counter-Strike, okay. uh, Grand Theft Auto. Lately, I'm playing lots of uh, Escape from Tarkov. Oh, right. Yes. But so that's they are... um, quite a... An aggressive, yeah, um, shooter, isn't it? It's um, what I call a uh, a muzzle flash game. So if you see a muzzle flash, you'd probably be dead. Yeah, <laughs> well, basically, yeah. That's basically, um, yeah, yeah, um, and you know, because they're more simulation shooters rather than Call yeah, of Duties and that exactly. kind of thing. They actually, no. you're not a bullet sponge at all. You take, you get hit. Depending on where you hit and how far away it is, you're probably going down. Yeah, yeah. I like I like Tarkov because of like the very intricate game mm. mechanics it has, and it's it's actually one of the few games that can scare me. Right. Yeah, I, I I'm not and I don't get scared by horror games. I did, no. but now that I'm a game developer, yeah. I know how they work. 
Right. I know yeah. that you know there's the going tricks. to be an event and the monster is going to pop out, make yeah. scary well, sounds. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in, in Tarkov, you don't know. There could be a guy hiding in a bush that has been tracking you from one minute with the scope, trying to shoot you, and you, you don't have any clue. No, and, no. It's and the... you have to, yeah. Yeah, it's you have just... to be careful not to make a sound and anything, and it's. Or indeed, you know, it's it's just. I remember when uh, PUBG Player Unknown's uh, Battlegrounds uh, when it first came out. I remember having huge arguments with my fellow player because we're playing teams, and they were going, uh, "What's that over there? Nothing. It's just a bush moving." <laughs> no, no, no. There's someone over there. It's just a bush. Seriously. It's just, no, no, look, look, we're not going over there. It's just a bush, right? Let's just go and get the car. It's right over there. No, 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 there's someone over there. Okay, fine. They were right. That's not the point. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, you get wound up about a moving bush. Wouldn't you? You'd spend good five minutes getting wound up and arguing about a bush. <laughs> and then it Which I think is crazy. It's I think it's one of the yeah. best things about those kind of games. Yeah. They make you feel. Yeah, games in the end should just make you feel things. Feel, and it's the stakes are so high, so high because, like I said, one as soon as you see that muzzle flash, yeah, and they and they they actually manage to hit you. That's it. There's not a lot return. So you don't want to see it, do you? You don't want to see it. It's so much adrenaline in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The new players, you know, praying, running around thinking it's cold. Like, oh dear. Oh dear! <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> there should be a big warning when you start the game up. <laughs> yeah, don't run around like a headless chicken. That'd be a good idea. Anyway, so that's the end of the first half. Thank you very much. Love to talk about uh, soldier sims, as I call them. Good fun. You're but welcome. There, let's move on to the second half of the show, where we shall delve deep into Neodori forever. question Robert best of luck with this because I've tried to describe this game to people and have failed so what do you believe is Neodori forever uh, I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure as I said it's something that started as completely different 
and then became what it is. At the point we are right now, I would describe it as uh, arcade, endless arcade racing game um, with uh, retro aesthetics and very, very uh, speed focused. That's yeah. how I would define it. Do you have, how, how would you define it? Oh, here we go. I've had this. So it is a dexterity skill based um, arcade game with uh, a sense of reward for uh, prescient actions and skill. I like so, that. Thank you. Um, I see that you omitted the racing part. Is I, there a particular reason? Because it's a different type. That's what I said about skill. We'll talk about that. Because you're awarded for driving well, not for driving fast. Hey, there's a difference. So, but before we delve into that, let's talk about first design question. I've got them written over here. So I keep on glancing over, you see. I've got a script. Not quite a script, but they're like written over. So, the amount of steering the player is afforded in Neodori Forever does exist. There is steering. You can, you do need to steer around corners. Yeah. And indeed, you need to drift if you want to give yourself a bit of a boost. And drifting is a major component of the game. And I love the way it's, you can just basically press the button, you just swing around and then hold on, then swing back again and then let go. It's just really, it is so much control, more, much more control and drifting than most like, you know, I was thinking Mario Kart is a really good example of the classic drift. Um, but um, what one of the questions I've got is, is that it's not the same extent as a regular racing game. This isn't Gran Turismo or, or you know, or Forza. Sorry about this. So um, it, um, so because of that, because of that, how have you found making sure the player feels that they have some level of control over where the car is and how they go around snaking around the tracks? Well, um, as you said, riffing is very, very important concept in Yodori. Mm-hmm. Yodori is uh, the, the name itself. Uh, Dori stands for uh, Dorifto which is the Japanese word for drifting. So uh, drifting was always uh, like a constant thing in the whole development of Nidori. And it is, I think it's very special what we have. It's very special and um, some people didn't understand it, which is okay. Uh, Some people wanted the classic, you know, arcade controls. what, but we wanted to have something very unique. And as you said, the, the kind of drift you have in your dory is the one that you just drift in the correct position, in the correct speed. And then if you do that correctly, you don't have to do anything else. The car just goes for itself. And the way we give control for a player is that even if you start a drift, maybe you find it's not quite a, the perfect one. You can you can regulate it 
a little bit on the opposite direction. Not the other one, because otherwise the drift would get cancelled or just go into the other side direction. Yeah, yeah. But we there is a little bit of control, but we wanted to make it so that the 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 most important part was just drifting at the beginning. Just how do you start the drift? That's the most um, important part, I think. And for, when for to the, start. When and to when start. to start. Yeah. You have to recognize uh, the relations, the relation you are with the, the with the curve, the distance between the curve, and then mm. like the angulation of of the of the curve, and then you you drift. You eat the sweet spot, and you can drift for the whole length of a curve, which it's one of the best things about Nodari. I think it gives me so much satisfaction when I find the, the right the right spot, the really right timing, and it just goes around for the whole length, like sync perfectly. As long as you don't hit a car, this isn't coming to my next point. But yeah, it's a great sort of illusion of sense of control when you don't have control. So it's it's quite interesting. Um, my next question then is related to what we just said about hitting another car because there are other cars on the track and it looks a little bit out, like um, Outrun as well. Um, yes. Which is an old Sega game. Um, and that made me sort of draw to it. But it definitely feels more like a... Um, uh, Ridge Racer. Like a mixture between the two, Ridge Racer and Outrun. A bit of it depends, especially the beach one. That's definitely an outrun. But point being, there's fuel. There fuel is fuel cans, <laughs> and it's a resource and a healing thing, it's like a health thing. Basically, you exactly. pick up you pick up fuel cans to heal yourself because you will crash. You will hit the sides. You'll hit other cars. You'll have police cars ramming into you when you actually get caught for speeding, which happens if you're not careful. Um, and um, it's really wonderful that the placement of those cans can lead the player into more trouble. It's quite common for me to go ramming into a car just as I pick up some fuel. <laughs> so I've just healed myself, then damaged myself at the same time. It's like, oh, great. So how did this come about? How Talk, talk us through the evolution of the inclusion of this, this fuel and this healing capabilities. Yes. Um, the, well, the healing was introduced uh, right with the, the boost mechanics. Um, we we did the AIs and the whole curvature thing, and we wanted to to make the game more more interesting. Because at at first, what happened is that the uh, there were no levels. It was just an infinite endless runner. Through zones, basically the the endless mode that you have in your Dory, the yeah. last level, that was the the game. There were oh. no levels. Okay, it was just that. And to give a sense of progress, what we wanted to do is we um, raised the amount of AI cars in the game oh. as time passed. But then it became a little bit too hard. It was very difficult to balance. It it does still happen a little bit. Hmm. Uh, but what we decided to do is okay because of course the game has to have something that makes it hand end for like jetpack joyride it's like a, a wave or something and for Nodari it's the fuel because all endless game ha- ha- have need to have something that like 
goes uh, runs uh, that the player has to run away from. Um, what we did, uh, the way we did it is we had this kind of held, uh, this, this the kind of fuel that mm. went down, and, and then we had to find a way to increase it. And at first, there were these um, health health bar because it was a very different thing. Uh, in the beginning, you just lose lose health by hitting stuff, and there was no fuel, and and we had to kind of combine these two things because one thing maybe don't hit any car and you have you maybe you go try to go very slow you know and not not hit anything but then it was very boring so we kind of have to give an, an incentive to the player to just go fast and go as fast as possible and this was like the give the player the hope to find some fuel cans to to raise the health a little bit mm. So in order to not have so many health bar, fuel bar, we just combine everything because in the end, it, it, it should be simple for this kind of games. You don't, it's not Tarkov. You don't have 3,000 kinds of things <laughs> to take care of. Just, mm. it's, it's fun when it's simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd love to hear about that, how it to be introduced. It's like it's a function of... Well, let's make a new mode. Okay, great. But now we've got this new mode. We've got to make it more interesting. Okay, let's do that. Oh, no. Hang on. We've made it more interesting. Now we made it too difficult. It's not fun anymore. It's not engaging. It's just frustrating. Let's exactly. try to make it palatable. By, yeah. you know, it's the simple, small things that make it really make a special thing. So yeah. That's why it took three <coughs> years to make. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the racing in Neodori Forever... It's more about the skill being employed or de- or demonstrated by the player rather than them being merely faster. They do have to keep yeah. up with their rivals. It's not so much beating yeah. them. It's actually re- re- driving better than they are, actually. just yeah. It's like a duel, really. It's not really... You know, so, that's, so how have you found making sure the player is presented with a suitable level of challenge that actually are, they feel that they are being challenged at this point. Yes. There is a level of skill that's being presented because up until that point, all they've got to do is not to crash into anything. It's all they've got to do. Exactly, yeah. Whereas when you're faced with a rival, you've just got to be a little bit more. You've got to boost, you've got to drift, you've yeah. got to, but you've got to do all this stuff to keep up with them while not hitting anything and being stylish about it. So exactly. how have you made sure that that challenge is present as you progress? Yeah. Um, so as a bit of a backstory, the rivals were created as kind of a final boss right. to all the levels. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to add something that makes sense with all the mechanics that uh, you already have. Uh, as comparison, I can I can say it's like with with Minecraft when when they add uh, like a new block or a new mechanic, is they don't add the block itself, but they also add the way it connects with all the other present things in in the game. So what I did is wanted to give more importance to the boost. That until the rivals, it was just a way to just go faster. Uh, I don't know if you noticed it, but 
when you're when you're boosting, you take less damage. Yes. And, yes. And also, you know, when you're desperate for fuel, you just boost and you go crazy until you find something. And but I I, I felt like the boost wasn't important enough, so I added a, a dimension where you needed it because otherwise you would lose. Yeah. You have to yeah. boost while you you race with rivals. Mm. And since you need boost, you also have to drift. Yeah, yeah. And this makes perfectly sense for me. And I thought it was such a nice idea. Then, of course, we added it. And uh, as you said, it's more about keeping up mm. right now. We really kind of don't like this. So the next update, you would also have to beat the rival by Ooh. speed. There you go. So some <clears throat> people... Uh, rightfully so they they said well the rival race races are not very exciting because you don't have to beat the rival you just have to keep up with it which I understood completely and uh, so we're now we're working to mm. make it even more exciting by adding this kind of um cha- additional challenge to yeah i mean it's difficult though because what we haven't explained listeners is you have no actual control over the speed of the car really yeah you're not pressing accelerate at all. You're just left and right and then boost and then drift as well. But you're not braking and you're not, you know, doing any of that stuff. That's outside your control. You're just going on this track, picking up loads of coins to buy more cars with. It's great. And the, But really, you're just you're trying to avoid traffic and uh, trying to get to the end of the, to the track and then take out the rival as best you, are, best you can. But, yeah. um, you know, it's... It, You've had to do something. I think it was quite clever. I actually quite liked it. The fact that you're 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 not matching them in regards to getting faster than them, but just being skillful at driving, exactly. being being stylish. You're out styling each other. You're not trying to, and that's that's very like, hot rod like. You know, people racing each other for each other's cars. That's that's very in keeping with that. So I actually quite liked it, but. I do see the point where, like, you know, it'd be great if you could actually mean to not only do you keep up with them, but you physically beat them. You actually yeah. get over the line ahead of them. I see that. I do see it that. Doesn't see, it doesn't feel as, as satisfying no. if you don't surpass I mean, I, I kind of like, you know, I mean, the fact I love the comments that come up on the screen going, hey, you're better than I thought you were, and that kind of thing. They taunt you first, and they're quite nice. And again, it, all, that, all that fleshes out. I quite liked it, but I do see the point of that. Just that added bit saying would it be nice if actually did actually physically beat them yeah that'd be good so yeah fair enough so last question here we are all good things come to an end the visual styling of Neo Dory Forever does come across as something from the PlayStation 1 era as I mentioned before and we've spoken about that at length in the show, so we're not going to delve into it too much. But what one question I do have to ask you, and this might come across as a bit strange, but the question is, what is the biggest advantage have you found by adopting this visual style? What's the thing that's made... It's kind of a leading question, because I think I know what the answer is. That's why I asked it. But what do you think is the biggest advantage of having this visual style to Neodori forever? Speaking, I don't honestly. I think that most of the advantages are aesthetically wise. Right, is that it evokes this feeling of the past of the low res uh, mm-hmm. games. There are many drawbacks. Ah, uh, 
Right. One of them, of course, I would never imagine to try something like this on on an endless runner because the the low resolution implies that you can't see very detailed things, mm. especially in the distance. Mm. So one of the first drawbacks that we had to try to fix was the fact that you couldn't see cars coming and also like uh, fuel fuel cans. Uh, the way we, we uh, fix this is that to have the, um, the collectibles at fixed sides. So basically, not really fixed, but it's um, they stay bigger. They stay big even if they're at the distance. Right. So they, they actually shrink while they come towards you. Hmm. And, and you really have to get creative with this kind of style, which is something that I really like. Like limitations are a very big thing for creativity. Hmm. And also like removing the brakes was such a big limitation that we had to try to come up with. But I won't yeah, divert yeah. No, much from, from the question. Um, I Mainly I, I did it because I think they look stunning. Right. And uh, I always wanted to um, pursue this kind of 3D pixel art aesthetic because I really love pixel art. I mean, Minecraft is basically my favorite game ever. But I really wanted, I really like games when they add this third dimension to, to pixel art which I think makes them very unique. Now, of course, there are many of them, but at the time, I, 2018, when I started making like the very, very first prototype of Nudori, there's still, I think there's still like a Tumblr post from 2017, 2018, where I first made the first experiment with Nudori, which it was something that people really never had seen before in, no. in modern games. No. And then, then I stopped because work and stuff. But at the time when I made the first, the first uh, post with this kind of aesthetic, yeah, um, I think I was one of we were one of the first to try to pursue this kind of style. Mm. And we mainly did it because it looked good and the sense of nostalgia. The sense the, it it really blends well with pixel art also mm. and the low poly models. Because I think it gives so much uh, character uh, to something already, already, already cool. Like pixel art is cool, but when you take a pixel art uh, plane and you rotate it and you see these kind of sharp corners, yeah. it really doesn't feel great. Yeah. But with the slow res, everything gets up. I I'd love the speed at which it goes, though. It just, you know, you couldn't do that back in the day. The speed at which. I mean, Neodori looks like something from that era, but honestly, no machine from that era could run what you've done for nowhere near as the level of frame rates. It just flies. It's so fluid, and it's just, and also the whole screen shake, which I know you can turn off, but I didn't because I kind of liked it. The fact that you know when you're driving in the car and you just yeah. hit that point where it's the whole thing starts vibrating, and it's just so good. And when you do boost, it's absurd. The whole thing is just, you know, it's not <laughs> uncontrollable, but it's just it doesn't matter because you're not in direct direct control of the car, so you can go a bit nuts and you can just basically yeah. push that and made it so it's like oh my god, it's going all over the place. And I can understand a lot of people. Find and nauseating but I didn't I thought it was fantastic so I just delve in dove into it and just really just reveled in the 
ridiculousness <laughs> of it all. Like, why is it just going nuts? And I realised when you did that, and this is where this question was coming from, is that if you did do it with regular sort of 3D rendering and stuff like that, it wouldn't have come across as well. It I think was, so. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It just it wouldn't have worked. It would have just been looking like you were just moving the camera around. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? And whereas this is just this is as if the whole the game's about to break. This is great. You know, it's so good. That's what I liked about it is that that you're taking a memory. You're taking a memory of what it felt like to race those games in arcades and stuff like that and saying, this is what the memory is. It didn't look like this. It couldn't look like this. It really didn't. I know you thought it did, but it really didn't. You play them now, and unless they've been upgraded or, you know, remastered, nor is anything against remastering, I think it's... Some, but generally, if it's the original arcade, it's like... It's just, it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? It's like, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're rubbish. Just to like, no, no, no. But of course, of course, I'm a huge fan of Outrun, for example. But there's aspects of it that are jarring because it's been 30 years, and a lot of hap- yeah. between then and now, the development of games has been phenomenal. So you go, well, you know, that's fine. But it's some of it, you just got to forgive and go. That's a bit. I wouldn't have done it that now, but I can see why well, that's had to do it back then. Whereas you've just taken, like I said, that memory and turned it into something really special. And uh, like I said, I just love the fact that it just goes nuts, which is, for me, the spirit of Neodori forever. It's just, just, it's all right, let go. It's fine. Let go. It's fine. <laughs> I think you totally got the, the point of the game. Thank well, you. I, I, I really was inspired by Ridge Race and, and Ultron, but and you might find it weird because you see me and you see this guy's is really young. How can I he know. actually? I, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm very happy. I'm very happy you think that way, but I see no. that some people may may think it about it. But um, it also depends on the way I was like uh, brought up as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't have any consoles. I didn't right. have any, so I just had to play emulated games on my right. computer and that's voila. why yes. voila exactly yeah um Whereas... i also didn't want to make a remake no. of the game no. because well one thing as you may have noticed i want to create something that's i can say it's mine mm. and i also wanted to like we have nice things now you know we have nice cpus yeah. you can you have power so why not use it in yeah injunction do... yeah exactly make... again the, 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 I always say that, uh, uh, I mean, it took me 10 years before I actually finally upgraded my CPU. I did it two years ago. I had that CPU for 10, because that's how it was. The, the the nature of computers, the diminishing returns, isn't it? Just, they're not really, the CPUs in them now, I mean, I've got like eight cores in it. Why? Yeah, they're crazy. Did yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? Personally, I have a 2011 CPU and yeah. it's doing fine. No, I, I I have a 2020 uh, because I it was that old. It was bottlenecked. It was terrible. So yeah, of course. But it's it can run anything, absolutely anything. <laughs> so you're right. It's it's yeah, whatever. So Neo Duo Forever is developed by Strobotano. Strobotano. Yeah. Where's that come from? It's a great name. You think so? Um, you're the first one that uh, tells me that. Well, <laughs> I don't know what it means. Strobotano. It's great. I I don't know what it means either. <laughs> it's excellent. 
<laughs> um, a, a little bit of backstory. Yeah. Um, there is there was this this um, uh, flash game studios that I really liked when I was a kid. It was called uh, Nitrome. Right. Uh, they made some Android games, I think. And sometimes, uh, while I was typing their name, because you know, Flash games, you have to open Google, try, try type the name, the, the Flash games, or like Nitrome, and um, and then you you get into the page, click, and you see, you see the website and play games. When I was a kid, I often did the typos, and and I was so excited to play the game that I just pressed enter before actually checking what I, what I did wrote. And one time, uh, Google suggested me uh, a chemical element, which is uh, nitrometano in Italian. I don't know the, the the correct pronunciation in English, but it's like it's 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 an it's an element. It's like nitrous and methane, something something like that. And um, a nitro, I, li- I really like nitrometano. It's just it's a very 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 funny word. <laughs> you see, I, I I can find inspiration even in stupid in words. Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. And um, and also strobe. Yeah, strobe is um, comes from a Dead Mouse song that I really oh, like. Right? Yeah, he's done some really good tunes over the years. It's got to uh, be said. It's got to be said. It's it comes from strobe, which uh, it's also read like to strobe lights. This like kind of flashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of our games are very flashy. But yeah, so, welcome vouch for that. And so, so I just slapped these two words together. It sounds cool, and let's go. With go. It. That's the best. No, that's just fantastic. It's either that way. Three a.m. in a in a bar. I know. Yellow pig. We'll go with that. <laughs> like, yeah, no one wants that. So yeah. So um, yes, it's published by Crescent Moon Games. Yep. And uh, what platforms is Neodori Forever on? Neodori Forever is currently only on Steam. Mm-hmm. We have plans. Uh, yes. Lots of people are asking us for a Nintendo Switch port uh, mm-hmm. uh, because it works well on consoles. Uh, people on Steam Deck seems to love it. Um we have plans to port it on PS4, Xbox, and Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I cannot guarantee anything yet because it's it's a very hard uh, process, especially if you're just a very uh, small indie indie development uh, group. Um, we had plans on publishing also it on mobile. Um, fun fact: Nodori started off as a mobile game. Okay, okay. That's why. I had to remove the brakes because because how can you how can you control the brakes on a mobile like you have your phone yeah uh, you unless have to, you have one yeah. of those I mean unless you have one of those really funky controllers which I do have but few yeah. people have those so you can't really <laughs> yeah. yeah like you can steer with the, the gyroscope and but you can drift but yeah. you don't have many controllers so no, I had to sacrifice no. okay let's remove the steering <laughs> nice nice. Okay, well, but it's also available on Windows, isn't it? And is it Windows and Mac? Windows, yeah, we wanted to make available Windows, Mac, and Linux. We right. are working very hard to make it uh, available as everywhere, basically. 
nice. Yeah. nice. What really matters for me is that people play my game. Yes. Yes. It's it, it just what they want. Well, it, you know, it, it's, uh, it's going to happen. It's a Unity game, isn't it? So it does make um, transferring... Porting quite other... easily. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it makes it easier. Easier stresses to add because there's lots yeah. of libraries and things and calls that there's actually no that's not there anymore oh great anyway <laughs> but um robert it's been wonderful having you on the show thank you for having me here um, it was wonderful talking to you chris yeah and uh, more welcome to return we've had a lot of return guests over the years and uh, to chat about whatever next is cooking in your brain <laughs> but um in the meantime thank you very very much Thank you for having me again. <laughs> you have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended, and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and at our website, caneandrinse.com. <laughs>